You know, one of my desires as a pastor is never to just attach the Lord's Supper to the end of a worship service as though it's just something that happens after we do everything else. My desire as a pastor is always to make our family time together as a church to make the emphasis of that day the Lord's Supper, where we focus everything that we do in that worship service on the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he did at the cross for us. Today is a very special day where we have the opportunity to come together as God's church and to really just reflect upon a period of time of what Jesus Christ did for us when he willingly went to a cruel cross, hung there and died to pay the penalty for our sin, and he rose from the grave on the third day. And today he is alive and he is seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. And we have the opportunity to remember all that he did for us when he willingly went to that cross. This morning, I want to quickly just share with you two different passages of Scripture that really, I hope, will emphasize the importance of the Lord's Supper and what we have come to do this morning. The first passage of Scripture is actually a story that is found in the Old Testament. It's about a man that we don't hear a whole lot about. His name was Uzzah. And Uzzah's story is one of the saddest stories found anywhere in Scripture. If you have your Bibles, I would ask that you open them to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, the sixth chapter. His story is recorded for us in this passage of Scripture. But better to help us to better understand his story, I want us to just pause for a moment and think about the context that the story is being written in. The context is this. It has been 75 years since the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. David is king, and David's desire is to bring the Ark back to Jerusalem. He wants the Ark of the Covenant to be central once again, in the worship of Israel. So David sets out with the religious leaders of Jerusalem and they journey over to a man's home who is named Abinadab because that is where the ark is located. You see, it was 75 years earlier that the Philistines defeated the Israelites and they stole the ark. Do you remember that story in Scripture? Well, God punished the Philistines for stealing the ark. And so do you know what they did? They gave the ark back to the Israelites. However, rather than putting it back in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies, it has been at a number of different people's homes. The last home is this man. Uzzah is his son. He's been given the task of driving the ox cart where the ark is situated. I want you to listen to this story. I think you might be surprised by what takes place. That has given us our context. And what I want us to do is to begin reading in verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs 
and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So what David and his men are doing, they are leading the procession back in to Jerusalem. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nason, Uzzah put his hand out to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the ox stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark. Isn't that a crazy story? You know, when I think about this story, I'm always left with the same question. Why in the world would God treat this man so harshly? I mean, after all, doesn't it seem as though Uzzah is just trying to be helpful? I mean, the Bible tells us that the oxen stumbled. And when it stumbled, it caused the cart, the Ark of the Covenant in the back of the cart, to shift. And I'm sure in Uzzah's mind, it appeared as though, oh my goodness, the Ark is going to fall out of the cart. I need to make sure that doesn't happen. He reaches out to stabilize the Ark of the Covenant. And it says that God's anger burned against him. God judged him right there at that moment and struck him dead. I think to myself, why in the world would God do something like that? I mean, it seems as though this man is simply trying to be Helpful. Doesn't it seem to you that God's judgment of Uzzah was just a little harsh? I mean, all he did was just touch the Ark of the Covenant to stabilize it. Well, I think in order to answer that question, we need to understand the importance and the meaning of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence among his people. As a matter of fact, the ark was considered to be the throne of God among his people on earth. The ark was holy and it was sacred. And God had clearly instructed the Israelites, don't you ever put a hand on it. Don't ever do it. You see, I think the reason God judged Uzzah so harshly is because the ark had become commonplace. He lost his sense of respect, awe, and the sacredness of the ark. Can you imagine maybe... It was sitting there at his father's house and Uzzah had passed back and forth by the ark a number of different times to the point where it was just common. There was really nothing special about it any longer. And because Uzzah 
chose to trample on that which is sacred and holy, God judged him and struck him dead. Can I say to you this morning, can I suggest to you today that another one of those things that God says is sacred and holy and he doesn't take lightly is the Lord's Supper? Is that really possible? Well, I want you to judge for yourself this morning in the words of God himself, inspired and written down by a man named the Apostle Paul. I want you to listen to what he said, and you judge for yourself whether or not you believe God considers the Lord's Supper holy and sacred. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, written to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth seemed to be having some struggles with the Lord's Supper. Listen to what he says in verse 17, chapter 11, 1 Corinthians. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. That means they were arguing, squabbling, and fighting as a body of believers. I hope you know God does not take that lightly. You do know that, right? They're squabbling and fighting. I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it is in part, for there must be factions among you in order that you who are genuine among you may be recognized. So there were some that were being elevated or desired to be elevated over others in God's church. Verse 20, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat, for in eating each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Now listen to verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now listen to verse 27. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Oh my goodness. Did you hear that? So let me ask you a question. Do you think God takes the Lord's Supper seriously? Because some of you are walking in sin before the Lord... God has struck you down. He has judged you. 
is what he says. I wonder in our churches if there's that sense of awe and respect for the Lord's Supper when we come to it. You know, I thought about the words of the Apostle Paul. He says in this passage of Scripture, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. I thought about that word, unworthy. When I thought about it, I said, Is any of us really worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper? None of us are really worthy of the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we are basing it on that, none of us would ever receive the Lord's Supper, would we? No. And I don't think that is what Paul is saying in this passage of Scripture because he goes on here later on and says, drink, be worthy in the way in which you take the Lord's Supper. So Paul is not telling us not to take the Lord's Supper. So what is Paul telling us? How is it possible for us to receive the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? I thought a lot about that this week. And as I thought about that, I came up with three ways in which I believe we sometimes partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. The first one is this. When a person receives the Lord's Supper, but they have no relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the Word of God makes it very, very clear that we are saved by grace through faith, not the partaking of the Lord's Supper, not in any external religious work. Now, I'm not saying the Lord's Supper is not significant. Oh, my goodness, it's significant. Why else would Paul have written that? It's surely a time for us as God's people to reflect on what Jesus Christ did for us. But I would caution you today, if you are here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, please don't partake of the Lord's Supper. If you're here with us this morning and you're a believer walking in obedience with Christ, I invite you to partake of the Lord's Supper with us. But if you're not, you need to be careful. Don't trample on that which is sacred is what God says I think there's a second way as well when we treat the Lord's Supper in a nonchalant manner when we never really stop and consider the meaning and the significance of it when we approach the Lord's Supper with no sense of awe and respect for the meaning of, about, of what's about to take place. We need to be very, very careful that when we approach the Lord's Supper, that we do it in a right manner. Not haphazardly, not in a nonchalant way, but in a respectful sense of awe, of the omniscient God that we serve and we have been given the privilege and the honor to partake of something that is holy and very sacred to the Lord. And third, I think we take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner 
when we're not truly walking in fellowship with God. We may be saved, but we ain't living in the manner in which we should be living. We're not walking in obedience before the Lord. That was the problem of this group of believers at the church at Corinth. They were out of fellowship with one another, and as a result of being out of fellowship with one another, they were out of fellowship with God. Can I remind you this morning, believer, it is impossible to be wrong with another brother or sister in Christ and to be right with God. It contradicts God's word. If there's a root of bitterness in your life, if you have an unforgiving attitude toward anybody in this body or anywhere else, I would caution you. I would caution you not to trample on that which God calls sacred. As a matter of fact, I would tell you, you need to get your wrongs right before you approach this meal that honors our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, I think in some ways, churches, believers, have lost the sense of reverence and holiness of what's about to take place in God's church. And we need to get back and remember there's some things that God says is sacred and they're holy and they are precious to him and he doesn't take it lightly. So what should we do at a time like this? Well, God's word gives us the answer, right? Listen to what he says. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the blood and the body of the Lord. Verse 28. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. As we approach this time in our worship service where we're getting ready to partake of the Lord's Supper in a few moments, I really want to give us an opportunity to stop, to pause, and to examine our hearts and our lives. And I think there's three very important questions we need to ask ourselves this morning. First question I really believe we need to ask ourselves is this, do I truly know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Do I know Him? Does He live in my heart and in my life? And if He doesn't, please be cautious. Please be cautious. Number two, if you are a believer here today, I think you need to step back and you need to ask yourself the next question. Am I at odds with a brother or a sister in Christ? And if I'm at odds, I don't need to do anything until I get that right. I really don't. This church wasn't in fellowship with one another. And as a result, some were sick and some had died. Third, I think we need to ask ourselves the challenging question, am I walking in fellowship with the Lord? Not perfectly, that's not what I'm saying. But what characterizes my life in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I walking in obedience before Him? If not, you know the great news? We have the opportunity to get all of that right 
this morning during this time of invitation. I've asked Brother Andy and the choir to lead us in a song this morning. I'm going to ask you to be, remain seated right where you are. And I just want you to take the opportunity to examine your heart today. To see where you are in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As they sing, it's a time for us to get along with the Lord. If you're here this morning, you need to make rights, uh, wrongs right with someone. I encourage you to do that. Don't let that stand in the way. If you're out of obedience in relationship to the Lord, let this morning be the stepping off point where you say, today is the day I'm going to repent, ask God to forgive me, and I'm going to guide my life back into right relationship with Him. Whatever decision you need to make this morning, I encourage you to make it while they sing this hymn of invitation.